0: Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson.
1: Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 245 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, your friend and mine, the inimitable,
0: Jason Linden. How are you, Jason? I am well, Chad, and... You know, I really am inimitable, and so much so that, I, frankly, I'm a little bit offended that you keep having these without me. But <laughs> well, you got to do, I guess.
1: I can truthfully, I can only take so much of you. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure that's not the first time you've heard that.
0: You're not the first person to say that, Jimmy Chad. Yeah, that's what I figured.
1: Uh, that's what all. I figured. <laughs> but you're, you're here today, so you know, Happy New Year, yeah. Jason Linden. Happy New Year, Chadwick Dodson. I, I think that right now. And we're going to get into this a little bit more as we talk about uh, something you wrote uh, this week. But I think it's a new year, and um, it there is, are reasons for us to be optimistic about the Reds. We're always optimistic. We have been in many years past, but we got as low as we ever got midway through this season. And yet here we are, just after New Year's of 2019, and things are really truthfully starting to look up again. You you don't have to squint very hard to see that things are looking up.
0: Am I right about that? You are right about that. Things are looking up. Yes. Um let me talk just briefly. Let's go ahead and just
1: dig into the very little news that we've had here recently in uh in Redstown over the last week. Uh, the, the the saddest news of the day is that the Robbie Scott era in Cincinnati is now over.
0: Oh, Robbie Scott, we hardly knew you. We hardly knew you.
1: If you recall at the winter meetings, the Reds picked up Robbie Scott, left-handed reliever, on waivers from the Boston Red Sox. On December 21st, he was designated for assignment. Uh, he was claimed by the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then they worked out a trade. And uh, Robbie Scott has been traded for cash. <laughs> cash to sign Dallas Keuchel
0: I can only assume
1: that's what I'm assuming that they probably got most of Keuchel's uh, first
0: year salary out of this Robbie Scott trade don't you think I would yeah I think I think that's definitely the true case of how things really are so good luck
1: to Robbie Scott the uh, he's the Reds reliever who who's, has given up the fewest runs in history for the Reds Yes. Okay, so that ludicrous uh news item is is uh behind us. We can move on to the rumors. This is not really a news item, but it's rumors. The Reds are reportedly showing interest, according to uh, free agent pitcher Derek Holland. The Reds are interested in in him, Derek Holland. Uh Holland of course I think was with the Giants most recently. Uh, he said the Reds have been in contact. He is from new he also said in the in the interview that he said that he's from Newark, Ohio and he prefers pitching for National League clubs because he likes staying more involved in games, whatever that means. Um, so, uh, Derek Holland, he's a free agent pitcher. Um,
0: he, he is that. I, I couldn't meh any harder on this. Uh, uh, he's kind of – listen, I wouldn't
1: mind having Derek Holland,
0: but
1: he's kind of the what they already acquired except not as good. Yeah. Maybe does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Derek Holland is probably better than Tyler Molly, who at this point is who he'd push out of the rotation.
1: He's going to be thirty-two, right? And, and yeah, I take my chances on um, on, on Molly.
0: Yeah, Molly's got upside that I don't think Holland has at this point. Holland's well, fine.
1: Yeah, um, you he's know he's
0: fine. he's adequate. I guess it's one of those things where if they had signed holland like i don't know a month and a half ago i would have been like hey look at the reds making an effort
1: yeah he helps uh,
0: right but now i mean with with wood and and Rourke, yeah whatever yeah you're not making the team better so i it seems like i I would rather the money go somewhere else
1: yeah i just you know um and this could this is coming from Holland. It could be him just talking. Maybe the Reds, I'm sure the Reds did contact him at some point. Well. The Reds have contacted a lot of people, according to every agent and every reporter. Uh, all we're hearing is the Reds are contacting everybody. So I don't know that any Holland signing is imminent, but uh, I don't know. Uh, we're starving for news right now, basically. Did you hear about this trade the Reds made? What trade is that? With the Los Angeles Dodgers. We did an emergency oh, podcast about right. it, I, I did invite you to that We're going
0: to send them some, like, like, a fry box, and the Dodgers are going to send half a dozen Dodger dogs. Is that a trade? Ooh, that would have been a pretty good trade. I don't think that actually would be a good trade. Oh, oh okay. What about six
1: uh, Dodger dogs for one Skyline Coney? Would you make that trade? Probably. I don't know. No, I don't think I would. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to eat something nasty like a hot dog... You know? Let's just go all the way and make it a, a skyline a cheese cone. Yeah. That's no, yes,
0: I, I I am aware of the trade, and 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 it was it was it was glorious and and happiness inducing.
1: It really was, uh, and I'm still a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I'm still a little uh, feeling the after effects, the aftershocks, even of it's. This is really. When's the last time? I guess it was the Matt Latos trade. The Reds really com- uh, completed what well, you could. Kind of term a blockbuster trade, and I'm still feeling the afterglow.
0: Yes, I also am still feeling the afterglow a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. Well, we're but we're gonna have to go days ahead. have passed now, and I'm I'm ready for that one more picture that I need them to get.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, you know that that that's where we are. And actually, I'm actually stick a pin in that because that's that was uh, so, again. I, I keep uh, teasing something you wrote this week, and I think I want to dig into it, but. um that that's sort of was your conclusion they need this this one other guy um but before we do that last bit of news i think we uh, have to talk about uh, the reds announced their uh, caravan winter caravan stops and uh yeah, for those of you that care about the reds caravan it's a nice little event usually uh, and you know the reds uh, send out like four different uh groups to different places and um <laughs> you know I, I i was hoping that uh, louisville would get the North Tour, Jason, because listen to this spectacular uh, group of uh, Reds appearing at the North Tour of the Reds Caravan. Sal Romano, Cody Reed, broadcaster Jeff Picoro, senior advisor Buddy Bell, and vice president of player development Sean Pender. Ooh. <laughs> Bring it on. Be sure to be there in, in uh, Dayton, Ohio, January 19th for that one. Also, Florence, Kentucky, y'all, at the Florence Mall, y'all, uh, on January 20th. Uh, so anyway, you know, that's, uh, the South Tour, Tucker, Barnhart, uh, Taylor Tremel will be there, Tom Brownie, that's a little better. Yep. Marty Brunham and Nick Kroll. I don't know, it's a pretty good little event, and uh, I know a lot of our uh, listeners, a lot of our readers of Red Leg Nation have gone to these events. Uh, January 17th through 20th, look at Reds.com. Well, actually, look at RedLegNation.com, where all the uh, locations and all the Reds appearing are uh have been published. So there we go. That's the news. Uh, we ready to call this uh, podcast uh call it a night. Jace. Good night, everybody. Good night. All we'll see you in April. <laughs> uh, no, not just yet. Um,
0: I want to talk about the championship track. Let, let's, let's talk about that. Let's go down that road. Jason, why don't
1: you for, uh, those, and I don't know why they wouldn't have been following this, uh, championship track all season long at redlegnation.com. but why don't you tell us what you've been tracking all season and uh and then lead into what you what you wrote this week which i thought was a really good way to look at uh what's been happening
0: this off season so so last season i I started this thing where it was just like you know supposedly last season was when they were going to start to get better right supposedly I decided to title column championship track and just kind of keep pace with like what's going on or are they making progress or they're not making progress. Are they making reasonable moves or um, you know, are they signing Giovanni Gallardo, that kind of thing. Um, And it it was rough. Let me tell you, it was hard to keep have material for that along about mid July, but there it was. Um, What are you talking about? The Reds didn't have a good season. They did not, Chad. Oh. Uh, I congratulate you on your uh, long-term memory issues. Um, <laughs> I got to put it out of my mind, man. So, but with so much happening, I, you know, I was trying. Lately, I was. I just started thinking, like, how how good are they? Because you know, there's the they've done enough now that that some people and you know, especially with the off season, have have really bought in and, and are fully optimistic now, and um, and so I was like, well, let me let me look at it. Let me try to be objective about it. But here's the thing that bothered me about that, right? Like, this is going to get a little bit statsy and esoteric. So, so forgive me, people. But um, there are two versions of of WAR of wins above replacement. One put out by Fangraphs, and one put out by Baseball Reference, and. The baseball reference one for pitchers is is effectively ERA based, and ERA is is to some extent what happened. It's not entirely what you know is within the pitcher's control, but whatever. Fangraphs kind of deals is is a little bit more esoteric in, in how it's constructed, but it does a a better job of sort of predicting future performance. So, but we're looking at, at like what happened last year. So it's like, well, for looking at what happened last year, I'm going to use the baseball reference version. And then for looking at what we can probably expect next year, I'm going to use the Fangraphs version. And then I'm going to take that and try to figure out how much better this team actually is so far. And so that is what I did.
1: That's a good idea.
0: Yes. That was, that was a long pause. I, I, I felt like <laughs> I should stop talking for a second just to give you a chance to talk. Uh, no, I didn't want to talk. I was enjoying listening. I was making notes. I was like, wow, he really put a lot of thought into this. So, so what I found in any case, which is just that if we if we look at what are now the, the top four pitchers, um, in the rotation, which is are going to be Alex Wood, Tanner Roark, Luis Castillo, and Anthony DeSclafani, um, and we assume that whoever is filling out the remaining spots is roughly replacement level ish, um, then you're looking at just with what those guys, if they were to repeat the peripherals of what they did last year, we would expect the Reds to be six or seven wins better than they were last year, just based off of personnel turnover.
1: Here's here's the uh, uh, word in that sentence that I
0: liked the most, better. Yeah, better. But then, you know, the, one of the things that we also have going on here is, is that the Reds have a lot of good growth candidates, right? Yes. If the Sclafani, and that's an awfully big if, is healthy and say manages, you know, one and a half wins above replacement, if Castillo becomes a little bit of the Castillo that we imagine he could be and he manages three wins above replacement and if you know some of the other guys like Tyler Molly, Cody Reed you know whoever else might end up kind of filling out the rotation realizes a little bit of their potential because they're all still plenty young enough to, to do that and they maybe generate a couple of wins above replacement you know kind of between all of them well now all of a sudden the Reds are about 10 games better and that's a big jump that's it's getting it's not quite but it gets them close to being a 500 team and then you look at the the various offensive turnovers and the fact that even the the conservative projection systems think that Joey Votto's power is going to come back um and it's it, it feels to me like like the reds are right now a 500 team
1: what i like about your projections here and and you're a little bit of if you know if this then that a uh, little bit of uh, hope, and I've, we always say here, hope's not a strategy, and it should be a strategy for the Reds. But I don't think the way you've uh, framed this is crazy talk at all. Most of what you generally say on this podcast is crazy talk, Jason.
0: Well, I try to keep it like 90% crazy talk. <laughs> but here, this, this is measured. I mean, once in a while he says something not stupid.
1: These <laughs> Clefani, uh, you know, 1.5 war. You know, I can see that uh, if, if he's healthy, and that's a big if, but that's yeah. not like an outrageous – I think he could do better than that. Is, is my His ceiling is higher than that. Yeah,
0: oh, I agree. And Castillo's ceiling is higher than three wins above replacement also. But, I, you know, I didn't want to do it with like, well, what could actually, you know. Right, I mean, no. I th- yeah.
1: And, and, and the way you've uh, talked about the offense, of course, and it gets us to this uh, Nixon's L-Scooter
0: Jeanette uh, thing. Uh, Yes, which is an offhand mention and of course that's all we talked about
1: in the comments i know that was what everybody picked up on of course i mean scooter's been good the last couple years but i don't know we got to find a place for nixon's i don't know where that's going to be but the long and the short of it is there are reasons to expect that the offense is going to be at least slightly better yeah and so when you combine that with
0: honestly i think i think i think the offense frankly will be substantially better i think they're in, they're losing some of that value on defense, but the, this is going to be one of the best hitting teams in baseball, and I, I'm fairly confident about that.
1: Especially if Nick Senzel gets 500 at-bats.
0: Yeah. In, I mean, in, it, in, it,
1: it, think about it this way. If Nick Senzel's replacing Billy Hamilton, in effect, in the lineup yeah. in terms of 500 at-bats, whoa. that's And I love me some Billy, but that's big. Yeah.
0: Can I can I make a bold prediction right now?
1: Oh, I love no other kind of prediction other than
0: bold ones. Bold prediction. If Nick Senzel plays roughly a full season, then the Cincinnati Reds will lead um, at least the National League and possibly all of baseball in on-base percentage.
1: Yikes. It wasn't that long ago when the Reds were
0: starved for on-base percentage. They do not have a single player currently slated to get significant at-bats next year, who was not above average on on-base percentage last year. And
1: you add Senzel to that mix and a full season of Jesse Winker.
0: Yeah. I mean. Full season of Winker, full season of Senzel. Um, even, you know, to some extent a full season of Shubbler who was hurt. Uh, a rebounding Joey Votto. Yeah.
1: I like it, Jace. Yeah. So, uh, the long and the short of it is, you know, it's not a crazy stretch to say this is around a five hundred team now. But what? Uh, but your conclusion, of course, was need another pitcher, and I think that's everyone would agree with that.
0: Yeah. Well, and but at this point, and this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Derek Holland earlier, it has to be a good pitcher. You don't. You've got the the Reds have right now. The probably the best way to describe the Reds' rotation is that they have the okayest rotation in baseball. Um, and adding more okay is not going to make it better.
1: You know, though the okayest rotation in baseball gives me uh, kind of chills because
0: oh, God, it's such a huge step up from there.
1: <laughs> it's huge. I mean, it's so much better than what we've been forced to watch the last two or three seasons, uh, or really since since uh, 2013. So, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. So. Anyway, go read uh, Jason's whole uh, column over at uh, the championship track over at it's, uh You can dive into the comments and talk about Scooter Jeanette if you'd like. Um, but it's uh, it, it really gets you thinking that it's not completely outside the realm of possibility. This team is not that far away. Now some things are going to have to go right. Um, but it's but this is not a crazy projection. This is a realistic uh, look at it, I think, anyway. And so, and again, it's a, it's the off season and we're in uh, optimistic mode. But if the Reds don't go out and get that other pitcher, um, this could be a 500 team still. But it could also go wrong as well, depending on health. It's, and
0: it will be one of those teams if they don't get another pitcher where it's going to depend on how things break. It would be easy for them to win 75 games, and it would be relatively easy for them to win 86 games. You know, it's that's kind of, I feel like every team has kind of five or six wins on either side of what we would call their true talent, where things just, you know, things just break over the course of the season. Somebody gets hurt or somebody has a breakout season, you know, somebody slumps, somebody finally, you know, somebody has a great rebound year, that kind of stuff happens. And that's the kind of thing that, that determines, you know, a lot of where, where teams ultimately finish in the standings.
1: Well, you go get Corey Kluber or, uh, you know, go get
0: uh, – This still my heart. Yeah, really.
1: Let's just imagine that for a moment. You get Corey Kluber and I am pred- predicting at least a wild card.
0: If Corey Kluber is on this team, they make the playoffs. Uh, well, they might not. Come on, no. Guys. But I'm, I, I'm willing to take that team into
1: opening day and take my chances. Yeah, yeah. So trade Scooter Jeanette for Corey Kluber straight up. Is this, is this what I'm hearing from you? I mean, I would
0: get that trade <laughs> in a second. I don't think the you think, think
1: the Indians will turn that down? In a million years. I think about 75% of Reds fans would turn that down. <sighs> Not our learned listeners.
0: I, I'm sure of that, but. No, nothing gets me in trouble like controversial statements such as. I think Scooter Jeanette will be pretty good next year, but probably not as good as he was last year.
1: How about this one? Scooter Jeanette, probably not as valuable to the res next year as Corey Kluber.
0: Yeah. That's, well, a, that's, that's a bold statement that's, there. That's and C, ladies and gentlemen. Find him <laughs> right. on Twitter.
1: Yeah, tell me all your – all your, give me all your criticisms and comments. So, anyway, that's where we are. Not a lot going on right now, obviously, in uh, in Redstown. And uh, so it's a time for us to dream. It's also a time for us to answer some viewer mail questions. You want to answer some viewer mail questions, Jason? Let's
0: answer some viewer mail questions, Chattington. Let's do that. But before we do
1: it, there's something I've been meaning to do the last few uh, weeks. and I'm going to go ahead and uh, read a couple of these. We encourage you every week. And, and most of you may not know this because i'd usually do it at the end of the podcast and i, I none of you are listening the whole way come on let's be honest you're not listening to the, the full podcast. The only person
0: still listening right now is chad's mom and maybe phil razor
1: exactly those are the only two and i wish you hadn't mentioned his name because now we're going to hear about it on twitter.com i know but, uh, don't
0: don't ask his question don't do it
1: <laughs> but i ask you to go if, if, if and when you can uh Leave us if you haven't done it already. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, especially uh, because it really does help us get new listeners. And uh, again, it's been just a, a constant uh, rise in our listener total, download totals every week all season long. And I gosh, appreciate you guys so much. But uh, but I want to uh, go ahead. If you leave a a a, a good c- review at iTunes, I'm going to try to read some of these in the future. So if you leave something that's funny or or whatever. Uh, as long as it's a five star review, I may read it I like this one from Sirius Black 1124. Sirius Black
0: 1124. Is, is that you, Jason? It is not. But I do know it's a Harry Potter reference because my daughter is nine. Exactly.
1: Um, Sirius Black 1124, five stars. Great informative podcast. This podcast is a must for those who want to be considered true Reds fans. It's full of intelligent banter about Reds baseball. At least it's mostly intelligent. There are times when I don't agree with the opinions being expressed, which, of course, means that they are wrong. Yes, this review was helpful. I'm going to mark yes here. Uh, UNCW John. What if that's University of North Carolina at Wilmington? UNCW John, out-of-market Reds fan who loves the Internet and podcasts for access to team information. Uh, longtime listener who's not submitted viewer your mail. Love the podcast, especially attempt to balance enthusiasm with Never realism. That's what we do. Oh, that's
0: an important question. What's that? Has this person ever submitted listener mail?
1: Uh, there's no such thing. Jason, you're thinking about your other podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm flattered that you think any that I would have the energy to do any of this on my own <laughs> if you didn't essentially do all the work. And then send me a text message saying, hey, want to talk about baseball for an hour? (laughs) Hey,
1: you want to talk? Yeah, sure, I'll talk. Um, uh, UNCW John says, as a fellow Southerner and lawyer, I don't even mind Chad's ridiculous accent. What's that all about?
0: I don't know about this guy, man. You sure you didn't write this one?
1: (laughs) I think I did. Uh, How about this one? And then he says, but perhaps he could confine his uh, Lisa Alberto Bonilla ben- trill to every other episode. But then later, Dreads fan, five-star review, says, first, yes, New Yorkers do listen to the podcast, but the his little title of his review was Love Me Some Lisa Alberto. So, see? Uh, first, yes, New Yorkers do listen to the podcast. I am one. Second, Chad is great. Seriously? This this is the one I wrote. Um Too many good baseball podcast hosts and guests have left those roles for other jobs. Last year, even my 12-year-old son, a died and true Yankee fan, chuckles at the Alberto Bonilla riff. Excellent. Love you, Dreds fan. Let's see if we got one more we can find here. Um, Ooh, uh, Rhino777767 says, Great content. Love the pod. It's like a place of refuge for agonizing Reds fans. Let these guys run the team. I agree with that. Um... All right anyway if you leave us a funny review if you uh, as long as it's a five- star review there's a chance we're gonna we're gonna read that on a future episode of Red Leg Nation radio. Hey did you know Jason that this is the world's most dangerous podcast
0: um, I have been told that before
1: <laughs> okay you don't agree with anything I say ever. I didn't disagree with you <laughs> let's go to viewer mail uh, hashtag viewer mail. Uh, and, and we're, t- we're taking the questions this week at our Twitter account at red leg radio because my red leg nation email still screwed up I'm going to get that fixed uh, Doug Gray's been trying to help me and I've just not followed up with him it's my fault completely um, so if you want to send us in the meantime if you want to send us uh, viewer mail questions at redleg radio on twitter.com feel free to do that Tyler at the heavy 217 asks what's your predicted slash line for Yasiel Puig hey did you know Yassiel Puigs are red I did. God, that's so much fun. It's fun to say, isn't it? Yes, it is. What, what What's his slash line going to be as a Cincinnati Red? Here's my prediction. You want to hear it?
0: I want to hear it, and then I'll give mine. All
1: right, 279 batting average, 353 on base percentage, 478 slugging percentage.
0: You just read his career numbers, you dingus. <laughs> I did. That's his career slash line.
1: But if he, if he does that, I'm happy. Yeah, that's, that's,
0: that's, <laughs> that's really good.
1: That's really good. I'll take it. It's a. I'm predicting a 127 OPS plus. You know, it's, a, it's It's not unreasonable.
0: All right, here I'll give you. I'll give you mine. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Hang on, just a second. I'm. I'm finishing. I'm finishing formulating my. Uh, my calculations. Um, all right. So here is my official calculated prediction. Ready? Oh, I'm ready. Two eighty.
1: Two eighty. That's the batting average.
0: Three fifty eight. Three fifty eight. Nice.
1: Four eighty three. Four eighty three. Wow. How many home runs do you think?
0: I don't know. I just read his away splits.
1: Ah, nice, uh-huh. nice. Uh, you, uh, you dug a little deeper. I dug a little bit deeper. I'm going to say um, twenty five home runs.
0: If he plays every day, I'm going to say he hits 30.
1: 30 home runs and probably 212 runs batted in.
0: I can only assume. Yeah, I think that's probably a conservative estimate. Can you imagine if he, like, let's just pause for a minute and appreciate this, this following beautiful scenario. Jesse Winker, Nick Senzel, Joey Votto, and then whoever has the privilege of hitting behind those three is going to have like seven million RBI, probably Suarez, um, Suarez and or Puig. Yeah, like Suarez and or and I mean Suarez is going to get on base a ton too. So All like, right. <laughs> the, the, I would be frankly shocked if there weren't two or three players at least on this team who don't drive a hundred runs in. Um, which some people will meet, think mean they just became good, but I'm not going to go down that road right now. <laughs> All right, what holding if, myself back, Chad.
1: What if it's Scooter? Had. Hey, if Scooter drives in a hundred runs, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, I would be. It would be great if he could drive in a hundred runs for like the Dodgers or something. Oh man, ouch! Not the Let's Dodgers. At me, people, come find me on social media. <laughs> at Jason
1: Linden on Twitter. If Tell me how
0: little I know.
1: I want him to drive in a hundred for the Indians because he's getting traded straight up for Corey Kluber. So,
0: oh god, that would be good.
1: Yeah, yeah that'd be great. All right, next. Uh, thank you for the question, Tyler. Let's see the next one. Uh, next question. I'm just going to flying through here. Um, from Woodrow the Dog at Half Everywhere. What's the percentage chance that Matt Kemp is on the opening day roster and is their prospective trade partner for Kemp? Scooter Jeanette and Matt Kemp for Corey Kluber.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I You know, I think it's helpful to think about the, the, the Dodger trade the following way. Which is, it was prospects for Wood and Puig, and it was also Bailey for Kemp and some money shenanigans. Yeah.
1: I think uh, it's sort of two, two trades in, in some ways.
0: Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I think it's 50-50 at this point that, that Kemp is on the opening day roster. Um, I don't think he's going to get cut. I mean, he's, he's a useful enough bat. Unless he just comes out and says something ridiculous, like, I plan to, they need to start me every day or something like that. Um, yeah, but they're, I think, they're not going to
1: release him like the Dodgers did with, with Homer Bailey. Yeah. You're right. 50 50 is where I was going. I mean, I just,
0: part of, part uh, of the deal. Yeah, um, right. So, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think if the Reds trade him, they're not going to be trading any of his salary. I think the Reds are paying his salary this year. Um, And I think it will be a a circumstance where he's kind of a free throw-in for somebody who needs, like, a year of outfield or DH help.
1: Mm, The Indians need major league outfield help. Yeah. Uh, They really do. I mean, all all joking aside. Um, So I think it's probably 50-50. I think that uh, with past Reds managers, I'd be concerned about him being on the roster just because he'd probably get too many at-bats. I'm still willing to uh, give David Bell uh, the benefit of the doubt. Right now, because the Reds got some other guys I I can think of uh, how many outfielder. Depending on whether you classify Senzel as an outfielder, I can think of yeah. uh, four that I'd rather see ahead of Matt Kemp. Um, so, you know, uh, we'll see. I, I think it's probably 50-50. I agree with that. And uh, I don't see him uh, – I guess the, the other side, a lot of people saying, well, trade him for something. I don't see the Reds tra- being able to trade Matt Kemp as the primary piece anywhere to get anything useful back.
0: But no, uh no, would, it's would it's not it's be rough.
1: surprised if he were a part of some deal.
0: Yeah.
1: Um Alright, thanks for the question there. Woodrow the dog. That can't be right. Um Alright, here's a question that's uh perfect for you from our buddy Steve Offenbaker uh at S. Offenbaker on Twitter. Uh Steve's question, uh number one, if we can't trade anyone that started for us last year. Who's the most likely to be benched in order to play Sinzel? And number two, when will you record the Big 50 audio book? I'll buy it the day it's released. Um, Chris Garvin and I wrote a book called The Big 50, Cincinnati Reds. And we're not recording an audiobook as of now, but if you pay me enough money, I will call you on the phone and read it to you. Now, the other question that Steve had is, if we can't trade anyone that started for us last year, who's the most likely to be benched in order to play Sinzel? And I think that's an interesting question.
0: It is an interesting question. Uh, Shall shall I take a crack, Chad? Sure. If it's
1: the current group of
0: uh, offensive players the Reds have right now. If the the Reds go into opening day with the position player roster as currently constructed, my answer is I think no one gets benched, and I think Sinzel probably still gets 400 to 500 at-bats. I think you end up in a circumstance there where he's kind of playing – a fair bit of second base and a fair bit of outfield. A lot of it depends on Scooter's shoulder. Um, I think that if anybody gets benched, and here I'm just going to make. I think initially it hurts Scott Shevler's playing time more than anybody else. Yeah. Um, I think long term, and and I can I can I can taste the t- the Twitter rage coming at me. I think along about late June. Scooter starts to play less and Senzel starts to play more when people start to see what's what.
1: What people tend to forget is that everyone wants to have eight starting players and eight players need to play. Yeah. People forget that nine or ten guys can get 450 to 500 at-bats. Nick Senzel does not have to be declared the starter at second base or the starter in center field or the starter in right field. Uh, whatever starter at third base he doesn't have to be declared that but he can get at bats in all those positions possibly even some at bats in center field depending on how that works out this spring so um i think that's probably the most likely scenario is that they they bring him up and play him a lot just at different spots and having him be as versatile as possible is not a bad thing for the reds because it gives them more flexibility in terms of who we're going to move uh i just i the Reds haven't signed Scooter Jeanette to this point. It could still happen, obviously, uh, to a deal passed this year. Uh, but if they don't, then clearly at some point they're going to phase him out and, and bring uh, Sinzelle because he's the second baseman of the future at that point. Yeah, but now, I, to... I I think it'll be I don't think it'll be June because I think the Reds will still harbor some hopes they can trade uh, Scooter yeah. at the uh, July trade deadline.
0: Um, I think uh, again, bar, I think kind of barring injury, what's going to be interesting is that this is going to feel, I, I think, to me at least, a, a little bit like kind of an old school position, like roster construction, wherein you will ha- you'll probably have one or two guys who are officially bench players but get a, a lot of a lot of plate appearances, and then almost nobody else on the bench playing playing really at all, except for the odd pinch hitting appearance.
1: Another thing I neglected to mention a moment ago. I agree with that, but we also have to consider that somebody's going to get hurt. I mean, that's the way it works. Somebody's yeah, going to get hurt. Probably they're, get hurt. There are going to be some uh, at bats there. So, I think he'll get plenty of at bats. Um, if I had to say who's the most likely to be benched, I guess I say Scott Schebler as well because I'm not sure that I see anyone else getting benched in favor
0: of Sinz. Yeah, I mean they're both they're both. Uh... They have similar skill sets. Um, you know, Nixon's L probably would be a little bit better of a center fielder than Scott Schevler would. But he's for sure probably a better hitter than Scott Schevler is. So, yeah, oh, you know. well, Schevler's
1: a good hitter. Schevler um, is a
0: good hitter, yeah.
1: yeah so. All right, so at... Uh, At JacobWilliam13, this is Jacob Burris. At JacobWilliam13 asks, and this is a quick one I just want to address because I'm a uniform junkie. What are the odds the Reds bring back the 1993 pinstripe uniforms, the ones without the black trim permanently? Uh, The odds, I hope, are zero because those are the
0: absolute worst uniforms in the history of the Reds. are so bad. But... Uh, the away jerseys weren't that bad, but boy, the home jerseys! Cool.
1: Thank you, Jacob. Actually, clarified, and he said those away uniforms are my favorite, and those are abs- Those are my favorite. Yeah. Those away uniforms, and they're sort of similar to the uh, the away uniforms from the late '60s. Are absolutely the best away uniform. With the pinstripe, the gray with the yeah. red pinstripe. Those are fantastic.
0: Yeah, I still have one of those jerseys somewhere.
1: Really? Is, does it have a player's name on the back? Please tell me. No, it was Pokey no, Reese. it's
0: just a it's just a generic.
1: Please tell me it was Bibb Roberts. Yeah, Bip Roberts. <laughs> you got a Bip Roberts jersey. All, All right. right. JoJo Jammer. Good name. JoJo Jammer at Joe Jolet Pierman. I don't know. J-O-E-L-E-T-P-I-R-M-A-N. JoJo Jammer asks, what kind of deal do you think the Reds offered uh, Dallas Keuchel, if anything? That's a tough question. I mean, there's really no way to know. I mean, we uh, what do the projections uh, expect that he's going to get? Four years, ninety million or something. What's
0: the what's the latest? Uh... Yeah, something like that. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those you can't really believe anything that you hear from people because everybody's trying to get their own narrative out. Like every source is a biased source. Um, so you know, there have been rumors that he's seeking six years guaranteed. Um, other people have him going signing for four years. I don't know. I mean.
1: I like to sign him for three. I would do four. I might even be able to be talked into
0: five, but I, yeesh, I don't know about that. Yeah, six, six is. is like a lot. I would do five, but I also just like that. You know, I, I I said I think on here before that I think probably for the Reds first. For right now, the Reds probably have to overpay for a starting pitcher. Yeah. Um, if they win a little bit, then then probably less so, but. If if they're going to get somebody from the free agent market, it's probably going to be a little bit of an overpay. If it's at least if it's an elite starting pitcher,
1: yeah, I, I'm, I, I, they're going to have to at some point. That's how you get free agents. I mean, it's not just the Reds, but maybe the Reds more so than other teams uh, because you got to convince somebody to come here and, and join into this rebuild. But uh, they're going to have to a little bit. So um, they just if they're go, if they're going to go the free agent route, and I, I'll be honest with you, I would be very surprised if the Reds went the free agent route. Uh, I think they're, they're, they may try to uh, improve the rotation by trade, but uh, I, I think there's a better chance of that than free agent route. But, I, you know, they've got money in their budget based on what they stated. You know, they're like at $114 million now now uh, for next year, so they've still got some room for $116 million maybe. Uh, go make a splash. Pay this guy and uh, get everybody pumped up for uh, opening day. All right, let's see here. Um Jeff Walter, at J. Aaron Walter. Jeff Walter asks, who is the best fictional attorney? Atticus Finch, Perry Mason, Ben Matlock, or someone else? And I did say uh, uh, on Twitter that you could ask, uh, and I always say, these questions don't have to be Reds-related or even baseball-related. Well, we'll answer anything if we have time. So do you have an answer to that one? Who's the best fictional attorney? Atticus Finch, Perry Mason, Ben Matlock, or someone else?
0: I have I have my preference, but I what I and I'll I'll say my preference. But after I do, I would like to hear you you tell us, in in your professional opinion, who, who comes closest to uh, representing the the actual profession. Um, I, my my son's middle name is Atticus, Ooh. so probably tells you where my sympathies lie. Well, that, um, that's where mine would lean.
1: But I came yeah. up with a better one. Uh, but uh, Atticus Finch, obviously from uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Wonderful Harper Lee novel. Um but but the really the best fictional attorney ever, Jason, is uh a, a character that uh, Phil Hartman played on Saturday Night Live, unfrozen caveman lawyer. <laughs> That's the only correct answer to this question. It's unfrozen he's just he's just a caveman. He doesn't understand our ways. All right. Um Taryn Kidner asked a similar question about uh uh, Nixon Zell, where does he play? If the resume no more moves, we already answered that. Um, but he also asked over under on Puig hitting thirty two home runs. You take the over or the under?
0: Oh, that's a really good place to set the line. Well, I'll, I'll answer right now. I take the under. Yeah, I probably take the under, but not by much.
1: In the Great American Ballpark, you know, you can see it. You can see it happening. Um, but he's not. He's never reached thirty two home runs in a season, and so I would. I would go with the under. So that's. A, Taryn Kidner at Kidner thirty one. Let's see. Um, how about this one from Michael Price in Price four 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 four. Uh, I know fewer balls are put in play than ever before, but shouldn't we be worried about the Reds' defense? Unless there's more turnover, all three outfield slots and second base seem especially weak defensively. It's not a bad point that Michael Price is making there. Um, Should we be – I think we should be a little concerned. I'll answer it first. I think we should be concerned. We've gotten used to the Reds having an outstanding defense. And I think that's not something to just forget. But I think the improvements in offense, improvements in pitching are going to mitigate the the damage that we're going to see there.
0: Yeah, I think – The Reds have have been kind of trying to to move toward and targeting ground ball pitchers. Uh, So in that, and just, just again, just come at me, people find me on Twitter. Find me. (laughs) I think the second base issue is probably a fairly serious issue.
1: And it can be fixed.
0: It can be easily fixed. Yes. Uh, Very easily fixed. The outfield defense, uh, it matters, but it, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced that it matters as much as I want to believe that it matters in Great American Ballpark. I suppose I think um, I think the outfielders they have will, will probably cover enough ground. Um, I, I will say that I rather like that they decided at least last I knew that basically Jesse Winker was going to be a right fielder because in all the time that I saw him play in, in Louisville, and that was a lot, uh, he seemed pretty good in right. He seemed pretty bad in left. I don't know why. You, you know, I know the right. Ro- they feel like they should be roughly equivalent, I think, to pretty much everybody, but he always looked a lot better in right field than he did in left field, and I don't I don't know why exactly, but he made plays in right field where I would never have believed that he could have made that play in left field. Um, and, and so, I, yeah, I think the outfield will be fine. It will be frustrating because we've been watching Billy Hamilton for a few years, but I don't think it will be damaging in a significant way. But I do think they need to uh, second base, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I'm not I'm not challenging you on that one. I love Scooter. Just for the record, for those of you on Twitter.com, I love Scooter. Brad Leg at Brad P Legg, How do the Reds get Lorenzen a hundred at bats this season? Uh, they start up a a, a season on uh, PlayStation on MLB The Show. That's the only way. Um, although I wouldn't mind seeing Lorenzen get a hundred at bats some way. Uh, I would, but it's it's not gonna happen. Yeah, hundred. He starts to get exposed. <laughs> maybe at hundred.
0: And, and, you know, it was one of those I would I would start to get on the bandwagon, like with Lorenzen a little bit. And then I realized because I looked it up because I was trying to think of other pitchers who hit. Yeah. Micah Owings has better career hitting numbers than Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. But Lorenzen has big biceps. Lorenzen hit ball far. Yes. Uh, Also, (laughs) let's let's see what happens when they just start throwing and breaking pitches out of the zone.
1: Yes, I, I have a feeling it's going to be similar to what happens when Scooter gets a – no, wait a minute, I didn't say that. Uh, John Yarberry at Cincy Picker asks us, "Who do you think's a higher, what do you think is a higher priority for the Reds, getting a center fielder or another starting pitcher?
0: Starting pitcher, no question.
1: Not even Easy. close, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, if the Reds can get a, a solid center fielder, I love the Ender in, arte in rumors. Um You know, I'm all for it. I think it helps the team, depending on what else you have going on. But uh, the absolute number one priority for the Reds is still, they've acquired a couple, but it's still Hash Brown, get the pitching. Yep. Uh, WV Redlegs, at WV Redlegs, that's convenient, asks, do you think the Reds are done with giving Robert Stevenson chances to be a starter?
0: I think the Reds are probably done with giving Robert Stevenson chances. Period. Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't. Frankly, I don't think he is on the radar at
1: all. I think he gets some starts in the spring. I do, but I can't see how. I mean, he's going to have to really do something crazy to get back on the radar. Because I think you're right. I think the Reds have are completely done with him, and I think they would have liked to have traded him already if they could have.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I kind of think one of the more likely scenarios is, is some sort of, like, challenge trade where two change-of-scenery guys swap pl- spots or or a trade where he's, like, a throw-in. Um, I like the change-of-scenery
1: idea because he's a guy that you could see being successful in a sort of a change-of-scenery situation. Um, but then again, I just don't know with him. Yeah. At, at Philip Razor. <sighs> I know, right? That's the worst. At PSR 1973. um, Phil's getting ready to turn 46, I think. Just I wanted to mention that. Uh, We give Phil a little bit of a, we poke at him a little bit. Good guy uh, on Twitter, and he has a question. You may not think uh, he's a good guy for this question, but what was the best Reds-related gift that you got this holiday season? Um, uh, Jason Lennon does not need to answer since he probably only got a lump of coal.
0: Can you really said that about you? I would be disappointed if he did not.
1: Exactly. Uh, did you get any Reds-related gifts this Christmas?
0: Uh, I, I did not, as it happens. Uh, the I best. Got, I got some fairly English teachery gifts. Ooh, uh, some, I might want to hear about those. And fascinating to me, textbooks. But um, but I did not get any basebally gifts. Um. I'll tell you, I, I didn't. I didn't get any either.
1: I, actually, that's that's not true. That's absolutely not true, because one of my colleagues, uh, and this will endear him to you, one of my colleagues got me a uh, Scooter Jeanette bubblehead. and then my my kids got me uh, Anthony Scalfani and Adam Duvall bubbleheads. I don't
0: Schofani know how, I don't but, know how but I got a Scooter bubblehead.
1: clearly though the best holiday gift related holiday gift this uh this season obviously was the big 50 the minute moments that made the cincinnati reds and and I uh, joke a little bit about it but I would do want to say how much i appreciated the people reaching out to me showing me pictures when they on you know christmas morning or even one uh, as a hanukkah gift um received the big 50 and uh you know just the kind things people said that that was a lot of fun for me that was that was my favorite part of this holiday season. So, so you did get a lump of coal. No, I did not get a lump of coal. Either. Uh, let me tell you something because <laughs> this is some said, so, What's
0: that? I said, so ha ha ha. Yeah. Let's
1: teach you Phil.
0: I got books.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the gifts I got this uh, Christmas was, a. Uh, I mean, I got a number of books, but one of them was, uh, one that uh, you recommended here on the, uh, on the podcast. Uh, I think on the podcast, uh, I'm gonna screw up the title now but if on a winter night a traveler on winter's night a traveler yes. oh
0: that's such a good book if you're a reader
1: that was a ooh well I'm not a very strong reader
0: no 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 you'll see you'll see
1: okay um it was in my uh, Amazon cart because I put it in there after we talked about it and my wife discovered it and, and ordered it for me for Christmas which was which was nice
0: I want to know I want to know what you think about that book that's I have never laughed like I laughed at the end of that book
1: you you laugh at all the funny things I say on here.
0: I have never laughed like I laughed at the end of that Oh, book. man, that's hurtful.
1: Uh, Coop, at btcoop71. Oh, man, this is dangerous to read one of his tweets. He asks, what's your favorite Reds podcast other than your own?
0: Are there other Reds podcasts?
1: I've not, I've not heard of any, and certainly none no. are as dangerous as this one. Um,
0: of this
1: one if we're being on <laughs> Coop asked that question because he's a host of a, a new Reds podcast The Hunt for Reds October let's give him a plug because um, he said some kind things to me on on, on an episode but uh, I have listened to it and it is it really is a good listen so uh, bring it on and you know uh, and our, our buddies at redreporter.com um, occasionally we'll do a podcast and it's always entertaining as well so support all of them you know what am I uh, uh, I'm not uh, you know I'll, I'll spread the love not me. Not me. <laughs> what about Every this one? Parkings. At Woo the Reds. Should I read this one? Read it. All right. On a scale of 1 to 69. Right. Hey. On a scale of 1 to 69, how would you rate the new Red Leg Nation ownership group?
0: Well, first, Woo the Reds. I get enough of that nonsense from the high school students that I interact with on a professional level. <laughs> <life. laughs> yeah, really nice. Um,.
1: He's talking, of course, about the fact that Doug Gray is now running uh, Redleg Nation, took over uh, from me. Um, and uh, you, you uh, had uh, you told the world Doug's nickname in your uh, championship track post. Uh, Doug always wrong Gray. That wasn't very nice. Often wrong. Often. Oh, often wrong. Not always, just often. Okay. He also asks if I'm now a hashtag trader. As a
0: Twitter well, joke. He, he yeah, Chad's always been a, been a hashtag trader. Uh, I. I would give Doug. I don't know. What's a, what's a, you know? I want I want to be fair, but I don't feel I don't want to. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to, to be well balanced, I guess, and I don't want to show my bias. I think it's reasonable to say that on that on the scale we were given, Doug's about a negative twelve, something like
1: that. <laughs> I love it. We get both you guys on sometime. Now we love Doug. He's doing a good job, even though he's often uh, wrong. Um, ben Johnson at Starbucks Manager Three. So there were two other Starbucks managers on uh, on Twitter.com. This is actually the best question we got this week, and I hate that we're going to rush it here, but I do want to uh, uh, ask this one, What's your Mount Rushmore of Reds players? And then he says, no, Dotson. C. Billy Hamilton's not on there. Neither is Elise Um But he did say he does love the viewer mail title. But seriously, what's your Mount Rushmore of Reds players? I think that's a question. Actually, we could devote. Actually, you know what? Maybe we should save that for another time because we could talk about that a long time.
0: We could, yeah. Um, You got a quick answer? You you give me
1: two, and then I'll I'll give
0: you two. If it okay, well we we should we should alternate because okay. All right, let's do that. You give me the uh, first one. I'll take Joe Morgan.
1: Okay, I will take uh, Frank Robinson.
0: All right, Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Johnny Bench.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go Joey Votto. Oh, I love it. I knew that would appeal to you. That's a fun question that we need to unpack a little bit more on a future episode. Yeah. Because there's a lot of ways you could go with that.
0: There there, there are a lot of ways. I'm, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Oh, man, we're running out of time here. We've actually gone way over what we uh, thought we would. Uh, I'm going to pick one more. We sort of answered uh, Tyler the heavy two sort seven, two seventeen. We sort of answered that question about Keichel. Um Let's go with the uh, Garrett Man. It's right. a quick one at Movie Man ninety eight. Garrett Man asks, "Do you think Philip Irvin can play center field?" No, not true. He can play center field, and he has in the past. <laughs> no, he's played center field many, many
0: times in his life. He no. can play center field. He. In the sense that I can also play center field, but you don't want Philip Irvin to play center field. Philip Irvin's a corner outfielder.
1: I um, have no issues with Irvin. I think he could help a team as a backup outfielder, but he, he's he's not defensively. He's not a, he's not a center fielder in the big leagues.
0: And what it is to me, and this is one of those where I've just seen him a bunch more than I think most people have. And this is my impression, and anybody who knows better, feel free to at some point actually chime in and correct me. But it just seems to me like his his instincts aren't real great. Like, I feel like his first step is slow. Um, after that, he's fast, which makes him a pretty good corner outfielder. But, but that little bit of range that he loses in center off of being just, just a little bit slow on the reaction time, um, I, I just, yeah, he's not a center fielder.
1: Yeah, it's not that he's not athletic enough. But and maybe some of this is that we've been spoiled by having Billy Hamilton out there. I mean we're judging him too harshly
0: No and it's like, again I like Philip Irvin as a player I, I think I'm probably overall a little bit higher on him than most people are but he's a corner outfielder. I don't ever recall a time with the bats when he was one of the one of in terms of fielding ability where he was one of maybe one of the like three best fielders on the team.
1: and if you're slumming for center fielders at this point, I'll take Scott Shebleler. I'll take a yeah. y- Puig, frankly. Yeah. He's played center field in the majors, right. and, uh, you know, a great American ballpark could probably handle it. So, um, and again, that's not a knock on Irvin, but those guys are going to hit more, and yeah. uh, I, I can't say they're going to be worse defensively. So, um, all right. Well, uh, we uh, sort of beat this one to death, I guess. So uh, let's go ahead and call it a night. What do you think, Jason?
0: Sounds good to me.
1: Um, let me tell you about it. Uh, I'm trying to think what other books I got for, uh, cause you always, I like talking about books with you. I got a miles Davis biography for my brother. He's the, he's the English major guy that, uh, he's my, you, you and, uh, and my brother Jordan are the two guys that I go to for my book recommendations. He got me a, uh, a a number of books, but one was a miles Davis biography. that I think, I think it's named creatively
0: miles. That, that sounds, that sounds interesting.
1: Looking forward to reading that. Yeah. Um, what else did I get? Uh, did, no one got me the big fifty. Oh, I think they assumed you already had a copy. Yeah, uh, I got or some 20. movies. Got a lot of movies, a lot yeah. of Blu-rays. People don't know what to buy me. So, um, you, any one particular book you want to recommend before we before we head out here?
0: <sighs> hmm. Uh, yeah. You, let me. I've got one on the tip of my tongue. I'm, I'm okay, to... you
1: think about that for a moment, and I'm going to give my movie recommendation. All
0: right, give us give us your movie recommendation. I did I'll...
1: kind of drop that on you without preparing you for it. Yeah. Um. And and I got a number of uh, movies. Uh, this year, I, I love movies. You all know that uh, Doug Gray and I often talk about movies on here. I uh, got my favorite movie from two thousand seventeen, Lady Bird, on uh, on Blu-ray. It's like four ninety-nine on Amazon, I'm told. Um, so no one spent much money on me. Um, but but my favorite movie that I received this year for uh, for Christmas was on Blu-ray from the Criterion Collection. It's called The Four Hundred Blows, and uh, you know I I don't know how to describe it to you. Um, except to say that it is just one of the most astounding movies I've ever seen in my life. It's a, uh, it's, uh, Francois Truffaut, French director from 1959, and it's just unbelievable. It's just, uh, I don't know, one of my favorite movies of all time. So, The 400 Blows. Um, now you got
0: a book for us? I do. I do. I do find the title real quick, so I didn't, uh, but I, this is not a novel, I will note. I, I, um, for fun, I like to read kind of like pop physics books. I don't know. They call me a nerd. It's fine. Yeah, it's strange. But I read one recently uh, called The Order of Time by um, a writer named Carlo Rovelli, or a physicist really named Carlo Rovelli. And it was just fascinating. Like the the way he talked about time and and what the present means in the larger sense of the universe and, and stuff like that uh it was It was a really fascinating read if if I try to explain what he says i will uh I will do it a disservice, but what I really liked about it was and you find this occasionally with with books that are written by scientists is is often they're written you know well enough by people who are clearly scientists, but every once in a while you come across one and you're like, Wow, look at this guy and I feel like Carlo Ravelli in another lifetime could have been a poet uh, He is just a fabulous writer. Um, and it really helps some fairly esoteric concepts, but nonetheless fascinating concepts uh, come across. So I strongly recommend The Order of Time by by Carlo Rovelli.
1: Hash Brown
0: Nerd Alert. Yeah, you know it. Everyone who's actually listening at
1: this point will get a gauge of how many people are actually listening. I want you to tweet at Jason Linden and, and just nothing but Hash Brown Nerd Alert. Do it. Uh, no, thank you for that, Jason. Uh, he is Jason Linden, at Jason Linden on Twitter. I'm Dotson C on Twitter, at Dotson C. Uh, you can find us at Red Leg Radio is the podcast's uh, Twitter uh, Twitter handle, also at Red Leg Nation, and then RedLegNation.com, where we've been uh, following the Reds every single day, basically since 2005, which is which is hard to believe. Go leave us a rating and review. uh, We've talked about that earlier, but as I always say, if you like us, talk about us. Tell your friends. Leave us reviews. If you don't like us, keep your mouth shut. Jason, always a great time talking to you, buddy.
0: Always a splendid pleasure, Chadwick.
1: All right, for Jason Linden and Francois Truffaut, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone.
0: Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app and join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a Cocoa Mocha Signature Latte. Or make them swoon with a Strawberry Dragon Fruit Dunkin' Refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Duncan. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.